Welcome. It's another season of Lion Tales. This is Tanya. Join me, Alvin, and Jojo as we continue to explore and discuss stories from the diaspora. Our voices. Our stories. We still over here roaring. Where y'all at? Y'all, it's been a minute. What's poppin'? What up, what up? So last time it was Nashville, what was that, August? Was that August? Uh, Yes, it was. August, and here we are again. Was it August? Hold, hold I started on. losing track of dates back in March of 2020. It's pandemic stuff. <laughs> like, know, does it really know. matter? What, what, what it is. I feel like maybe it was August, because I just, yeah, because I had my things from my trip when I went to Cape Town. I remember I was trying to play the thing in the yard. Okay. And no, that was before the trip. No, Nashville had to have been after because I had the nope. the whirly bird things and stuff. It was a time no, ago. It was a time here ago. It was before you guys, before you did. I'm going to take that offline um, because, <laughs> it, yes. So, y'all, one thing is different. Day-Day's a professor now. Yes, he so is. everyone that's been listening to us, Day-Day has gone to L.A. He's teaching. He's bringing all that knowledge to uh, the academic space. So we're super proud about that, and hopefully sometime he'll get to come back to visit us and oh, yeah, absolutely. bring you know, some of that knowledge to us. That's my brother, so he will be here. Yes. He will be here. Yes. Now, what have we been up to? Quick, I'm going to put you on a timer. What you been up to, you Al? put me on the spot? Yes. And Ooh. time you. I'm watching. I'm listening. Uh, not much. Same old, same old. We got a trip coming up. Trip. We going to Ghana and my home country, birth country, Liberia, so I'm excited about that. Um, it's just planning for that. You know, it's, uh, it's a lot of planning to go to Africa. So that's what I've been yeah. up to. Real quick, Alvin, there's also been a, a lot of Liberians in the news recently. Oh, yes, so, indeed. So, so tell the people. You know what's crazy about it? We've gotten more PR for Liberian soccer players than our own fucking national team gets. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, if only these players can play Good for play, Liberia themselves. But Tim Wea, so we had two yeah. Liberian play for the U.S. national team. Haji Wright, Tim Wea. Afonso, and Tim Weah is the son of the son of George Weah, who's the president, which I've met, and I've some people played, say the greatest African footballer of all time. He is the only African player to ever win the Ballon d'Or. Speak on it, MVP, and he's from a tiny country in West Africa called Liberia. Speak on it, and I play against him too. You played against him? Yes, I, when he was retired, obviously. Okay, <laughs> I, was about, I was about to ask you, did you when cook he him? Was, when he was about forty-five, was so he still? Le- was he still good? Oh, man, he was still. Ooh, he he, listen. When you play pro, you know the difference. Yeah. You okay. Know the difference. Fair enough. But anyway, work okay. up time. So see, facts on facts on facts before we even get to our topic. That's new things. I knew none of this okay. before the World Cup. So I think we talk about that a lot. You can learn things in a variety of different ways. This is learning through sports. People that may not have been interested in history, but they're interested in sports. You can work knowledge in a, a bunch of different ways. Brother, what you been up to? Uh, So... I have been traveling with the Black Moonchild Collective to, to see Moonchild in different places. And what is Moonchild? What is that? President uh, Cameron Phillips, Vice President Asha Hawthorne. Moonchild is actually a, a jazz band. I would say jazz band from the L.A. area they met at USC. They are an all-white band that does anti-racist work. So in their concerts, they stopped their concerts. Uh, last night in Broward County, they had the NAACP come on stage before they performed speak of all the ways that anyone at the concert could participate in any of the protests or any actions they have going on where they could go for resources and help. 
Mm. They stop their show to tell the audience that it is the job of white people to be anti-racist. Um, and the music jams. You know what I'm saying? So that was yeah. the, the first thing. The music is really good. Um, my, my man Cam put us on to that, and, and we've been having a time just going places. So you've been following them across the country? Not, not across, just not just, not, not following them. Um, so my, my wife had an idea to see them in Europe. Mm. So we actually went, uh, my sister took us to Panama, which was great. Uh, and then oh, we yeah. went to Paris and Amsterdam. We saw them on a Friday night in Paris and a Saturday night in Amsterdam. Took the train to Amsterdam in the morning. It was an amazing time. Uh, we met another friend there. It was great. And all you did in Amsterdam was go to concerts? That's cool. Um, I went to coffee shops. Okay, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell the people what coffee shop means. Uh, a coffee shop means for cannabis, you know, so I went and, and, and had a time. Yes, that's a part, of, that's a part of Amsterdam part of culture. culture. So yeah. if you're going to experience the culture when, and you can partake, do so. Do so. When when you go there, when you see a coffee shop, it's not some lattes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I forgot about Panama. I was about to say, what have I been up to? We definitely I met them in Panama, which that's another thing we talk about the diaspora. It's a lot of people there that are of African descent. They went over to help build that canal, and some that were there before that, because I think it's just like in the U.S. when we always peg people of African descent to slavery. I don't just want to say they came over to labor. They were there before, but lots. Joe will mm -hmm. tell you, like, we met lots mm -hmm. of people, went on lots of tours, was scared by a crocodile. I mean, we know the story, right? Like, they had a big build, so they imported some black people. Right. That's that's what happened. Yes. And then I went from there to Columbia to celebrate my birthday. So since the last time, I've gotten a year older, 47 tapping in. I always say my You told age. us it was upcoming last time. Yeah. Do you still have to stretch your hip? I do still have to stretch my <laughs> hip, and I've added my hands and my ankle. It's Ooh, it's gotten worse. It's like another year, two more places that you need to work on. But so you've been traveling the world. So we talk about Panama, Colombia. Colombia. And now you went to South Africa, too. And and Dubai. And Dubai. The UAE and France. And France. And St. Lucia this year and Jamaica. And we Jamaica. Went. Oh, we went to Jamaica. Yeah. And now you're about to go to Ghana. And Liberia. And Liberia. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I want to I'm, see. You, you're my inspiration. No, but it's all research for the podcast. Those are all places with black population. Tangent, but out of left field, that reminded me of something. And I, I know we got to get into the topic. I'm sorry for holding this up. I had so many examples of hip hop traveling through the diaspora on my journeys, I I, I catalog some of them. I'll share them with you. Okay, nice, yes. nice. Uh, the, the the highlight was there was a man in Paris, an older an older man. He was blending his own like Biggie beats with like Tupac raps, like just an old cat, French cat. Mm. Just that's what he was doing for change. And how was, of it? Rap. It was Oh, it was amazing. Okay, he was jamming. You know what I mean? Same thing, Panama. Same thing, Amsterdam. And we got to go to all the like the sneaker culture stores like that are hip hop based so like Pada and all of that like man it was great so it's picking up on what we were talking about when we talked about hip hop, hip -hop sure. last sure. episode I'm checking for the diaspora everywhere I go <laughs> you know, yeah that's, that's what I'm and doing. look I th look at that brother I love it he has a good segue right back to the topic that was A1 because today we're going to talk about reparations and I think I always think of that old African proverb African American proverb Fuck you, pay me. Right? Y'all know I love a proverb, a saying. So we're going to get into these reparations. Alvin, I took a page out of your book because mm. I loved how buttoned up you wrote the definition. Tell them about this book. 
Oh, it's because you said had the definition. Oh. You said racism. So I'm going to drop this definition. Let's talk about reparations. What are they, right? So the actual definition, this is Merriam-Webster because you checked your source too. Brother learning, learning. So it is the act of making amends, offering ex- expiation. Gosh, I didn't know that I couldn't pronounce the word. Or giving satisfaction for a wrong or injury. It's something done or given as amends or satisfaction. Hmm. The payment of damages. So you're compensating someone for something that you did to them. So I think that in the sense of reparations, I want to talk about ours because there have been reparations paid to people that have been harmed, right? Mm-hmm. And so before we step into how is ours different, what do we think we deserve, Alvin, just off the cuff, reparations. Should we get them? Yes, no, why? I mean, I don't think it's a it's an easy dichotomous question. It's a yes or no, right? Okay. Um, do I think that black people need to be compensated for all the years of wrong, 400 plus years of wrongdoing? I think there needs to be some form of compensation to, to us. Um, but, but then again, if you're the quote-unquote majority, you're going to deflect because you don't want to, you know, say hey because of what my ancestors and everyone did therefore i need to you know carry on that burden and and repay um so i do think you know black folks need to be repaid for all the years of wrongdoing um so yeah i do believe it okay uh yes yes and that's it (laughs) Nah, yeah Uh, (laughs) black people you know we we have here uh in america anytime you come into contact with this system uh, you're you're going to be at a deficit in terms of access to resources and opportunities if you are not white. That is the system here. Um, and the, to Alvin's point, those white people who are like, well, that was in the past, they are still enjoying the advantages made by, possible by those things, both the individual people and, like, the companies that were a part of this wrongdoing. So, like, if we look at uh, – I don't want to throw a brand on this, but let's uh, – Georgetown University, right? Like that mm-hmm. was in the news some time ago because of the ties of slavery to like their school. So they paid money to those people, like because right. they knew that that was wrong. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And there's plenty of colleges, Ivy League, uh, pretty much any college outside of an HBCU probably was racist. And and the only reason they have black people there now is because they want their talent. They don't care anything about your struggle or any of that. They just need you to make them more money. Right. To exclude you. And Jen, and you mentioned that, and I wanted to say, and obviously my answer is yes, because I said old African proverb, African-American proverb, fuck you, pay me. They're also, remember recently, the family San Diego got their beachfront property back. Mm-hmm. What was that, like I think that was L.A. I think that was, was that L.A. LA? Yeah, it was a oh, black sorry, beach. It was a black beach um, close to maybe Manhattan Beach. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's they got it back, and it was worth $10 million now, but in the number of years that they lost that property, how much money did they miss? So yes, they got the property back, but what else should have gone with it, right? Because I don't think it's just the money. There's all that missed time there. And so I think too, another thing that you brought up was what do you lose? Like, okay, if you don't pay these people, what happens? And so I wanna put that in the context of who has gotten reparations and what has that looked like? So. And for all of these groups that have gotten reparations, just universally, I think they all deserved it, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a sh- them or us. It's all of us. Yeah, both and. Both and. Thank you, brother. So first, the Jews. 
Jewish people got $86.8 billion from Germany between 1945 and 2018, and an additional $76. Million was approved in 2021 for people who were descendants of the siege in Stalingrad. And I always say those on Stalingrad, Stalin. We're going to go with Stalingrad. How, how much? Um, the new one is $76.7 million total million from 40 billion? million the for 2021 and 86.8 billion between 1945 and 2018 and how many black folks have gotten <laughs> um, none yeah and look i'm gonna walk them down that's good point listen you're you're right there so the japanese americans remembered the internment camps which you know that story right uh well let me just hit you with it because I, I don't always expect people to know that particularly um new to the country because they're not going to teach it to you in school right they didn't spend a lot of time on that um during world war ii when pearl harbor was bombed oh, by yeah, the yeah, japanese yeah, yeah. they put them in into internment camps so japanese americans received 37 million dollars for real and personal property because they lost their houses they lost everything mm -hmm. that they owned because they went to the camps they didn't just say hey don't move in their house or mm -hmm. don't take their car while they were gone it all was taken so they got 37 million back when it happened and then in 2018 they extended an additional 1.6 million to those Japanese Americans and descendants and an apology from Congress for the emotional trauma of internment camps and just for and just for context um, we weren't allowed to own property or go in certain places or have jobs even while even while they were on. being interred and while they were being interred, there were black people fighting in that war who were excluded from the GI Bill. There were white people who built middle-class communities that excluded black people from that GI Bill. So it begins to snowball. So when you don't pay reparations, you continue to subjugate. Exactly. And I think on that GI Bill, that's an important point because if you look at any writings about the country and any writings about how did America build its middle class, it's coming from those GI Bills where white soldiers who fought were allowed to buy homes at discounted rates and build those middle class communities, but black soldiers were not allowed access to that bill. And so it's just a continuation and compounding to me of that exclusion. Any of this new to you, news to so you? So I just, I just uh, want to point out what you're actually talking about now is like how we have actually been treated differently than other correct. disenfranchised right. communities. Correct. Right, like so there is, there is history of other people receiving these things. And there's history of even other black people, other places like the Haitians who were forced to pay for their own freedom. And that's coming up too, <laughs> man, like everywhere. So I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to understand like, why you think that's the case? Um, because race is about color, racism. And systems sustain their yeah. missions. And white yeah. supremacy's mm -hmm. mission is to subjugate us and elevate them. And so everything here is designed to do that. And, and you know what's interesting to me is always the gaslighting that, that happens when that topic comes up. So while we're talking about current events, the current World Cup is happening in Qatar, right? Mm -hmm. Or Qatar. Excuse me if I'm mispronouncing Qatar? it. Qatar. Qatar, Qatar. You might be saying it Some people say it a little closer to like a cutter. Yeah, cutter. a cutter. Um, there is a big deal around folks saying why they're having a World Cup in Qatar because of human rights, mm -hmm. right? Treatment. They don't treat their folks well, migrant workers, and so forth and so on. They shouldn't be there. Um, and it's a big deal. And then there's protests going around the world. And I should commend these guys for saying that. The FIFA president, uh, I think Giano Inf Infantino, 
and he said for three, four hundred years or whatever it was, we need to look at ourselves as white folks. All the stuff we've done to, you know, black folks. People of the diaspora. And we haven't done anything about it, but you're over here talking about what's and happening. this is Quattel. unacceptable, right? Right. Now, granted, I'm not supporting what they were doing over there. But you it's point just out the hypocrisy. Exactly. It's just, you know, the, the gaslighting that, that happens when that conversation comes up. So anyway, I just want to bring that in terms of, you know, uh, how there is this conversation around, oh, we care about human rights. We care about everyone being treated equally. But uh, I mean, I'm, I'm completely surprised by some of the stats you were talking about with the Jewish have been paid and, and you know, the Japanese, the Japanese Americans exactly. and that they even could own property when we still couldn't. And I think, watch, it's going to get, it's going to be more. And here's where we're going to get into, um, Joe mentioned, hey, we were treated differently. I wanted to point out, too, not just us, Native Americans, their, rep their reparations. They got reparations with government oversight. So the U.S. government did not allow them to directly manage the funds. They didn't give them the cash because they believed that Native Americans were incompetent to manage it. So the other thing that was different about Native Americans, so they set up corporations and you were a beneficiary of the corporation if you were a descendant. And that corporation, it was $962 million of land in Alaska, which is about 44 million acres, I believe, but it came with the caveat. We will give you this if the native populations in Alaska relinquish any aboriginal claims to the land in the rest of that state. So it came with the, you can have this part of your land if you say you will never say again that you should have the rest or attempt to get the rest. So a caveat. And then I'm going to give you three more, one that which is going to blow your mind. Tell me if you know it. So, okay, so... Then there's also forced sterilization. North Carolina set up a $10 million fund, right, because they forced sterilized um, poor black people right around, I think it was like 1910, 19th, somewhere in there, right? And that $10 million fund was not paid out because the state just denied descendant claims because people had passed away. It was so far after that the people sterilized had passed, but they had family descendants that were still around, and those were denied, so the money was never paid. Different treatment. You had reparations from the Chicago police around the police abuses. It was $5.5 million. They weaved it into their history saying it had to be taught, provided counseling and education services at a torture justice center. So they did all these things, $5.5 million. We've talked $37 million, $1.6 billion, $86.8 billion, $767 million for the Japanese American and Jewish communities. And then this is where our numbers are. So notice how small the numbers are. And then also the caveats once you get to us and Native Americans. But a mind blowing one, Lincoln paid, it was the Emancipation Act relative to the district, Joe, where you live, right? So paid, compensated about $3 million to slaveholders in DC who were loyal to the union, right? And so what Wait, they- what? they paid them to give up their slaves. Oh, so $3 okay. million dollars because they had remained loyal to the union and because it was property. So they're like, on their fourth, Fifth Amendment right, if the government seizes your assets, they have to compensate you. And so they got that. Okay, so all that went on. And in the Caribbean, the um, England paid about $26.2 million to slaveholders to end slavery in the Caribbean. Did you know that? Did you know that? I did not know that. 
But I'm just trying to understand. They're paying billions. But we're talking about millions. Millions. Right. right. And and think about And they didn't pay the ten million. And, and think and think <laughs> about the, the length of time of what we're talking. And then right, so we, we have the we have the initial yeah. we have the initial arm, we have slavery. Then we have Jim Crow. Right. And then we have a different kind of race. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're still dealing with the issue. Not even yeah. not even to get to reparations. Like we're we're still in the internment camp. Right. Right. Like And I think it's that that ours is continuous and ongoing and maybe arguably for other communities too, but they've received compensation. But the other thing is look at where the numbers sit. 400 and some years those reparations were paid it's because like hey there's damages we need to make it good mm -hmm. so 400 years the wars were this is less than a decade that some things happened where you got to these billions right and the other big thing is that um tecumseh general tecumseh mm -hmm. sherman tecumseh he met with this black reverend reverend frazier and like 19 other black reverends and said what do you need in order to be able to survive after slavery. And they say that's the first time ever that the community was asked, what do you need? The community said 40 acres and a mule, which in today's time, if it's 6.4 trillion. Interesting story. I actually met a family in South Carolina that mm -hmm. received their 40 acres and a mule and it set their life up beautifully. Right. Mm. Like they, they, they donated some land back to the city they have like a, a pond on their property that you can rent space to bring your RV, like all this stuff. Like they literally took their 40 acres and a mule, several people in their family did it. Uh, this is my wife's family, this mm -hmm. is my wife's family. Um, and so one of their old relatives had like bought his freedom, got a, was worth like in that time, what would be millions of dollars today. Like it really helped it people. Works. And mm -hmm. that is why they didn't want to give it to us. And they didn't really want to help us. They don't want to help us. Let me read you this. Frazier said, it's interesting you said that because they actually seized the land from Confederate landholders down the coast in South Carolina. Yes, you were racist. You should lose your land. You own people. Like, I agree. Like how they did in South Africa, right? So they seized it. Law was passed. Started implementation. Lincoln got assassinated. They reversed it, and they took back most of the land. So their family got to keep it but they took back most of it and then when they asked him and he said the way we can best take care of ourselves this is reverend frazier is to have land and turn it and till it by our own labor that is by the labor of the women and children and old men and we can maintain ourselves and have something to spare so exactly what you said and he said we want to be placed on land until we are able to buy it and make it our own and i would take out the until we're able to buy it from my perspective but he said everything you said everything happened that he said would happen if they gave him the 40 acres and a mule so look at that number alvin 6.4 trillion that's bigger it was a longer period of time it was a much larger group of people right. these acts were passed in 1865 and 1866 and here's my interesting angle for you that was before people went back and filled and founded liberia so if they implement reparations does it include people in Liberia from America? Because those people left and went mm -hmm. back, and the law was passed before they left. Right. That's why an interesting angle for you. Gotcha. It wasn't even a gotcha, see? Gotcha, gotcha. What do you All think? All right, so, so and it, it just sounds like there at the end, now we've kind of moved to, like, other communities that receive money, us not receiving, and now we're talking about the continued impact of us not okay. receiving reparations. I'll give you a left-field example that no one's talking about. There's a likelihood that if we receive reparations and 
our institutions of higher learning receive reparations, Deion Sanders don't got to take a job at Colorado. That's Black kids thing. don't have to go to PWIs. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like all of integration was about putting us in hostile white spaces to make life easier for them. Reparations is about you making life easier for us. Right. We've done that enough for you. And I think that's interesting because I know that that's a hot debate now. But and that was my like without delving too far into that, people were like, well, there's more opportunity there, and there's these problems at HBCUs. But yes, those problems are not only because of the under f- the reparations not being paid, but they actually suppressed money to those schools. We so are still again, in the internment camp. <laughs> is that we're still in a phase because they shut down some of the funding. And even if you look at medical schools, the AMA has since apologized for it. They went to all the schools where people could become doctors and said, what should we fund? What should we shut down? And they recommended the closure of like 80 HBCUs for medical education. And so you right now, Howard and Meharry still educate about 80% of the black doctors in the U.S., which is only 4% because the barriers are bigger to get into those PWIs. So what's the impact? 4% of doctors are African-American. 13% of the population is. Medical disparities are going to continue because you have limited the ability for us to build those tools for ourselves. I mean, you you see some of that, too, with... um African immigrants that come here who are highly educated, right? Doctors, mm-hmm. um, educators, lawyers. Uh, let's go on the legislation side because they got another law here. But you're talking about you know medical and, and they're practicing there, right? When they come to the United States, they their education is not credible, mm-hmm. and they have to start. You see a doctor or a lawyer or educator who has a PhD or whatever it may be driving a taxi in New York City, right? And so Alvin, I guess, because I want to get an answer and then I want to move into how do we solve, like how do we move forward, not just for Liberia, and and you too, I'm saying him because he's Liberian, but I I never knew that fact about England paying the Caribbean. Obviously, that's not enough money. I wanted to delve more into South America. Did anything happen there? Because we've traveled through South America a lot. It's black down there. I I have a question for you. Not to, (laughs) and this may be polarizing. We can get into it if not, right? So polarizing. um, (laughs) That's one of my favorite terms. (laughs) You like to polarize. How how much did you say they pay the Jewish? Um, eighty-six point. I had to put my glasses back on. Eighty-six point eight billion. 45 to 2018, an additional 767 million, 2021. And the country was created, so I don't know. And the country was created. I don't created. know how you quantify right. that. So, and, and that was just for a short period of, of time, right? Right. Do you think that has a factor into, I mean, I know the answer, into why when you look at the income and the wealth gap in the Jewish community versus, you know. Absolutely, think, absolutely. So. Yes, because uh, we don't have the same amount of resources. Let's look at something like education. Public school educations are usually determined by, like, the uh, money pumped into that part of the system are determined by the tax records in that area. So if our communities are of less money, we have less money than our schools are. Lower funding. So our kids aren't getting the same educational opportunities. Um, In order to get those opportunities... Our kids have to leave comfortable environments where they're usually well, in the majority. Well, most of them go to private school, too. 
To go to private school or go to white yeah, or schools. Or go to white school, yeah. Like, or so, be the black kid in class, yeah, those kind of yeah, scenarios, like, to have that opportunity. And so you're still losing something else, right? Because there is emotional trauma in that. And you said the internment camps, and I'm like, yeah, we're still there because it's it's not just, hey, these things haven't happened and that's the space we're in, but then compound it by just because of black bodies in the home, the real estate's worth 50% less. So there's not even as much of a tax base that you could collect. You could swap out the pictures and up your value. And up the value. And this is a study that was done that black bodies make real estate worth 50% less. So let's see where we started. We're excluded from getting reparations, 40 acres and a mule. You have the land, you could have put a house on it. Then there's a GI Bill. You're excluded from that. These people get a house. Then you scramble up what you can to get a house. It's going to be worth 50% less. And they did all this weird stuff, which is an episode and a podcast in and of itself, right? And so I think the next thing that we want to think about is these things happened. We know it occurred. How do we solve it? And you didn't answer my question before I say this. I'm going to throw it back. Mm-hmm. Should Liberia be included? Because I, I, I think absolutely, U.S. Because, I mean, if you, like you said, right, obviously there there is a bunch of folks who were already there, right, in Liberia before, the free slaves that left from here and they went there, and they ran the government for a long time, right? So that it's a sizable population, you know, that migrated to Liberia. So, of course, yes, they should, right, be part of the reparation if, if we get there. Um, so... Yes. I, and guess I think what, Alvin? Should. Does and it also impact? Because it's like, okay, Liberia is one of the poorest countries in the world. Is that then an impact of the reparations not being paid in the U.S. because you took a size of the population? That's just white uh, supremacy. Anywhere the people yeah. are darker, it's poor. Correct. Yeah, like but this. then does it does it compound it? Because then we sent back people who didn't get their reparations, so you flooded this country with a bunch of people that no, had nothing? No, because the people here didn't get the reparations either, so they yeah. just would have been... Yeah, yeah. I mean, been I, I went, yeah, to Joe's point, I don't think it's it's the reason why it is. I think it's a contributing factor. Because, um, you know, and, and the reason why I say that, let's take a look at Liberia, right? One of the poorest countries in the world, but when you look at in terms of wealth, in terms of natural resources, or gold, diamond, iron, rubber, you know, a tiny country of four million people have all of that stuff. But That's most still, of the continent, right? Too. And then yeah. most of the continent, but they're still one of the poorest countries in the world. So you're asking, like, what can we do about it? Uh, my mind always go back to the continent and saying we have all this wealth, but we're giving it away. Well, I think that's a snowball effect, right? Um, so basically, there's a global system, and to participate in that global system of currency, money, trade, is white. Or not black because it's heavily Asian too. You know, like the the, the warring things in controlling the global economy are what U.S. Yep, China, China and Russia. Right. So it begins to snowball where we don't have money to set up our own systems and control all of this. So to get access, we you need your money. But we we have a more. sizable amount of the world, you know, natural resources production that they need. So. We have leverage. We could essentially say, if you want our shit, you're going to have to pay premium for it. Now, Qaddafi tried to do that. And he's dead. And he said, if the Western world come to you and they say they love you, be careful. They don't love you because they love you for who you are. They love you for what you have. And he was trying to unite the African continent under the gold standard and one currency and all that. And guess what happened? He's dead. Right? Before during his time in Libya, Libya was thriving, but now they're one of the poorest countries. 
so, in, in Africa. So generally speaking, um, this is a personal thing. I don't expect the the um, those who are being harmed, or you know, in this case, those who have less access or less money. I don't expect them to be the ones to make the sacrifice, right? Right. Um, so in this instance, to your point, yeah, we could. Africa, all the countries together could say, you know what, we're not going to export any of this stuff anymore. Y'all do what y'all want. Life would be bad for them too, you know. Um, so I, I wouldn't expect self punishing. Was yeah. flagellation? Yeah. Well, I'm not saying and, and, she said we're not exporting, but I'm saying they that can. That we should lead it exactly. And we should it lead and control on how we trade because they need. But us. that is going to mean a time period where they're not paying you. Because they're not going to just give in yeah. to your demand. They're going to be like, no, we're not giving you that. So this is your solve album. No, they are. Yeah, because think <laughs> about the world. There's nothing in the history so, of this no, world. No, no. Do you think those that countries. those Africans didn't ask for more money than they received for that stuff? Uh, that, that's such a great question. I don't know. And the U.S. I paid <laughs> the U.S. paid a dollar to the Native Americans for Manhattan. And I had a conversation with somebody, and they were like, arguably hey, they paid for it, maybe they underpaid. And I'm like, you can't be serious. Uh, Native Americans didn't even traffic in money, and so that wasn't a true payment. It wasn't intended to be a true system of payment. A dollar for the island of Manhattan? Give me a break. But I wanted to come back to something that you said where you're like, will they pass it? Will we get reparations? If that happens, what's the solve? No, it passed. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a big point in this conversation, right, because it's, oh, there's this big uptick in the conversation, and will it pass? No, it passed. So we're pointing out all these instances where they treated us differently, where they treated Native Americans differently. The legislation passed, and then they reversed it. And part of the reason that they reversed it, get this, is because there was one iteration that passed both houses, and then there was a, some changes in the Senate, and Congress didn't want to pass that one because they said it was unfair to provide benefits to one group at the exclusion <laughs> of others. At the exclusion of others. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's laughable, right? What do you think of that? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. Well, you're laughing, but <laughs> no, that doesn't I'm, shock I'm you, does it, No, I'm laughing because it's, it's, it's mind-blowing to me, right? You said because it's unfair to compensate one group because it's excluding others. So... Like that already happened. That is America. I didn't even know that. That is America. It compensates one group and excludes everyone else. Well, that's and it was set up to do so. It's the same thing when we talk about Black Lives Matter and they say all lives matter because you're excluding. So I can see the gaslighting that happened in there. But you quoted two billion to the Jewish. You no way more than that. It was like eighty-seven. It was almost eighty-seven. It was almost eighty-seven. Right. You talked about the Japanese, right? Um, and here you're talking about there's a host of others that, that right, didn't even right, right. And this, I, I gave some people. examples exactly, this was just not some all example, of it, yeah. but then you know they were saying it's reversed because it's, it's, it's going to exclude others others when it's only necessary because others were excluded and others weren't excluded others were used and excluded those are two separate things and I think it's also interesting right because we're talking about how much money groups got but ours lasted for so long. Think of the numbers of people. If what we would have gotten then in today's dollars, it's six point four trillion. So I actually want to go back to you. We we had went to the impact of not receiving reparations, and then you you asked the question. I was like, how do we approach receiving them? Like, how do we receive them? And how do we solve this? So I think those two things are related, right? So it's impossible to quantify the dollar value. Like right. what? 
every aspect of our life is harmed by not having right. received these opportunities. Um, what does that mean? What does reparation mean? It means access to fair pay. It means quality food. It means better real estate values. Those are all a part of reparations. Like if my house is the same distance from the White House as where the white people live and it has the same bedrooms and the same space, it's, it's worth the same amount. Right. Your neighborhood is not better than my neighborhood unless you know that you're doing something in that neighborhood that you're not doing in mine. Right. So those are all a part of reparations. So well, Joe, it's interesting because uh, can I call this out to you? The Freedmen's Bureau Acts of 1865 and 1866, in addition to uh, monetary compensation, it said that it would provide food, shelter, clothing, medical services, and land to displaced Southerners, including the newly freed African Americans. So that act was going to compensate more than the African Americans, but the African Americans would be included. You brought up another good thing too, right? That that 6.4 trillion was 40 acres and a mule in today's value. But remember with the Japanese Americans, they went back and gave 1.6 billion for emotional trauma. So what does that equal if the financial benefit for the harm, real property, et cetera, was 6.4 trillion? Mm -hmm compared to what so that that's what I was I, I was going to add to that too is like how do you and you bring up a great point how do you quantify loss of companionship pain and suffering right um, those are things that you really can't but something would be a start oh absolutely yeah that yeah. just because you can't fix it all doesn't mean you shouldn't try to do something like yeah you should definitely try to do something so my my, my question to you both would be will we ever get Fucking paid. My short answer would be no. Um, I, but I, the larger question I think that is preventing that is what do we think the impact on reparations would be on systemic racism? That is why we don't receive them, in my opinion. Yeah, because it would it would obliterate some of those. It would life was gonna be rich. We, we wouldn't all be rich, we but all I be mean, rich, most, but we would most, all be in a position most, where yeah, we could in a build wealth to and build wealth, generation wealth. And there would be other things that that change in perception would potentially help with, right? Like. In my neighborhood, I have to drive across the bridge to go get organic food because it's assumed that, you know, we can't afford to shop like that. We don't shop like that. All of those things would police brutality change if, hey, in my neighborhood, we have enough money to have our own police force, too, just like how they have in some of the wealthier communities, white communities across the United States, right. where it's like, oh, this is a white haven, a white bastion and your own people. We could have those things too, so maybe that would impact things like us dying at the hands of police, or you know, or the medical disparities because yeah, we'd have our all of that. And I and you know that's like we had those things even without them giving us the money. And so that's the thing I hear people say a lot of times. Well, if, if people got that money, they would just you know waste it, blah blah blah, whatever. And and I say I don't think so because look at Black Wall Street. There's numerous neighborhoods that were built like that where we built functioning systems with governments libraries schools hospitals but also even if they blow it so what well that's what i was about to say if they right? money so that, what? that's what i was about to say it doesn't even matter what they do with the money it doesn't matter right um because it's what you're owed you 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 still have to get paid if you loan someone the money and they don't pay you back. They're like, well, I'm, you know, I don't know what they're gonna do with it, so I'm not gonna pay them. It, that's right. besides the point, right? You owe somebody the money. So, Joe, to your point, of course, is going to help with generational wealth, right? Our kids and their kids and so forth and so on. You know, hopefully, try to get people at parity, right? Um, some of the stuff that we have today in terms of the issues in our community and other communities, 
is it going to completely you know eradicate all of that probably not but i do think that is going to help for the future generation right set them up that they don't have to go through the same struggle that we are mm-hmm. where our parents have or um, also did. alvin what if because when when joe was saying building your own systems and stuff i would argue that i i would be optimistic that it could eradicate some of that we have the funding for our own police systems we have the funding to to take these leadership roles in areas where like community policing community policing makes a big difference we have these opportunities to build better infrastructure i mean some of this is so pervasive if you look at even in areas where they pushed black people into that they even plant less trees they put less trees for oxygen for they, they don't even want us to like, breathe easy yeah like come on they want you to have no clean air level at every single level so i think one thing that I wanted to say in um, the other big piece of it is that they said the other argument against, no, we shouldn't give it to them, is that they said that, well, these Southerners and these newly freed slaves would become completely dependent upon the government if we give them this money. Now, how ridiculous is that? And what do they say about us in it, with Sidebar, the money? that's a continuous white trope. Right. Right. Like, and because we don't day. have the money, we didn't get the money, and they're, say, they're trying to say that these populations are dependent on the government. So they're going to say these lies. This is clear gaslighting like yeah, you said. Yeah, I was about to say, there's a bunch of gaslighting that happened. But my, my question back to you is like, what can we do about it? So I will say, Joe said that he believes no reparations won't be paid. And listen, I'm, I said I'm 47, so I've spent all this life here. I'm right there with him, except for sometimes there's a sea change, and I want to know if this would change your thoughts. There was an article that came out earlier this week where California is actually starting to do the work to become one of the first places that pays out reparations. Six percent, I think that the whole state of California is six percent African-American. It's one of the smaller populations, but most of them came from Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas. Well, percentage-wise, it's a small population, but numbers-wise, but, but numbers it's, wise, it's a large yeah, population of such black a people. Big, yeah. yeah, so does that change your perspective? No. Um, so so, so when, I, when, I, when I say no, I don't. As long as the world exists, it might be here for a few billion more years, and sometime in that time period, maybe. I mean, in, in the time that I, yeah, that I would see it. Um, and I actually, uh, one of the things that brought this discussion back into the, I don't want to say popular culture, but you made it more, pro- more, more prominent was uh, the Atlantic article from Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, he went to Howard. Uh, H-U, the, 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 the case on, for reparations. The case and there's, there's a quote in there. And this is why I'm still talking about reparations, because I still am going to talk about us deserving them. Right. Like, like we do deserve them and we should have them. It's an anonymous quote from 1861. By our unpaid labor and suffering, we have earned the right to the soil many times over and over. And now we are determined to have it. Mm. It resonates. And, and Joe, I'm so glad you brought up ta Coates because when I took my notes, I was like, I, I, that's the first thing I read to start this conversation because he actually, it was a, it was a change. Shout out to the, the good brother, Ben Hameen. It was a change to, in, the, in the conversation. He's done so many speaking engagements after, and a lot of it was this has restarted the conversation that it wasn't even there in the lexicon for Congress or in the conversation in the media or publicly, and that is, is him. Because of that article, it came back as a conversation, and it seems we're cycling through. Hey, let's talk about this, and it do- keeps doing that. So to your point, I think you st- keeping that pressure on, it should never cycle back. It should just be consistent mm-hmm. and constant. Fuck you, pay me. Man, 
That's, that's a, mm. I think that's a great way to wrap it Woo! up right there. Isn't that something? I mean, fuck you, pay me. Stay, keep it right there. Anytime you stay to make sure you get the money, fuck you, pay me. Fuck the gaslighting. Pay me. Okay. Okay. And uh, Liberia. Okay. Yeah, pay Liberia too. And the West Indies. Like, honestly, I didn't know all these stats because when people have discussion by reparations, I mean, it's it's, it's definitely a polarizing discussion, right? Because you have one Polarizing group. for who? Yeah. It's polarizing for white no, people. No, even in our community, honestly. Some people are like, well, we don't think so. And some people are like, yeah, we think He's so. He's not wrong. There, there are it is people. true. Oh, yeah. I know. That makes me sad. But oh, Alvin, if you if you pick up the refrain and you're constant and consistent with it, say it one time. Fuck you. Pay me. <laughs> Fuck, Fuck you. you. Pay, pay me. me. <laughs>